And it's a lot of resentment. I remember having just a lot of resentment for any guy that I was Remember that Beyonce song, Resentment? I drove from Barrie because I went to Barrie to go see a dude. I played that song for the entire two and a half drive back home, screaming it. That's dating in your 20s. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Oh my God, we should make a series. Hello there, lovers and friends, and welcome to Lovers and Friends, a podcast about life in the inner and outer limits of intimacy. We talk about sex, love, dating, and don'ting, which really should be a word to describe being consciously single, a feeling that this episode might just honestly leave you with. But before we talk about what we're about to do, here is what we do here. I'm an intimacy expert with an educational background in sexology, psychology, and journalism. My goal here on the podcast is to bring you compelling, thought-shifting perspectives designed to inspire conversations with your own personal lovers and friends. Each week, I bring on a guest to lead and frame the discussion. This week's guest is my longtime friend, an ex-business partner from Those Girls Are Wild. Take them to the jungle! Those Girls Are Wild Andrea Lewis. And then I debrief with friends about our ahas and reflections. This week, I have my brother-in-law and his roommate. All together, we're going to be reflecting through our experiences if dating in your 20s has to be trash or are a lot of people in their 20s just currently trash or trash at trash disposal. Yes. That is how you wrap a son of a bitch in wool. Oh, whoa, who is that handsome devil? Yeah. Okay, now here's some things you want to hide about yourself on tonight's date, Definitely, okay? Yeah. That you're cheap, you're a heavy drinker, you're broke, and you have a problem with anger. Lovers and friends. Lovers and friends. I'ma take you on a trip, baby, I don't pretend, I said Lovers and friends, uh, I'ma hold you down, down to the end, I said This episode is a little different because it is about reflecting on what was and is rather than what should be. With that in mind, let me start with a backstory about our main guest, Andrea Lewis, who inspired this topic. So Andrea is my ex-best friend. I know that sounds dramatic, and a few years ago it was probably meant to be. But now, that's just a joyful fact, and I'll get to that. Anyways, from 2002 to 2012, Andrea and I went by Shandria Ludram because we were one. And that oneness was one of the most fun and crazy, fascinating, ridiculous, and wild times of our lives. Hence why we started the online community called Those Girls Are Wild. Wild Girls Unite! Our bond was a love story that is a huge part of my life story. It remains to be something very magical to me and something special. Even though it occurred in our late teens and 20s, a time period I would not give those adjectives to. Instead, I would describe that time as confusing and clusterfucky. More specifically, I would describe dating in my 20s like that, and I know I'm not alone there. Dating in my 20s is trying, to say the least. Uh, Dating fucking sucks. Is weird. Transformative. Comedic. A bit pointless. Pointless, useless. Spiritless. Unstimulating. I genuinely have laughed, laughed till I've cried, and just cried. Dating in your 20s is getting ghosted by your boyfriend, so you have to put a dead raccoon on his car with a coffee crisp in his hands so you can text him a week later. How do you like your coffee? Crisp? But because Andrea and I had each other to laugh through our pain with, it all seemed so much more bearable. And for that, I will always love and be indebted to Andrea. So let's get to the X part. In our late 20s, Andrea and I had very different visions for our joint business venture, which led to a resentful professional and sadly, a personal split. For years, six years to be exact, I think, we didn't talk and didn't acknowledge each other if we saw each other in public. It was awkward. And after one particularly awkward exchange, Andrea sent me an email in 2018 that sparked this viral internet conversation. I distinctly remember this conversation we had really towards the end where you said, I think I want to end the friendship, but I want to continue the business. And I said to you, you wanted the opposite. I don't want to do business business with you, but I want to be friends. I know we've literally, that's how much we were like not on the same page. And that's where I also felt like, yeah, like that's, we really lost our friendship. I know I'm giving you a lot of non-episode topic related context here, but stick with me. It circles back. So we get together in 2018 and we start to begin again, not to try to get back to what we had, but instead to figure out if we still have something. And what we found, 
is that we had so much compersion for each other, which is a word you should remember from our episode, Open Relationship or Cheating. Compersion is a word that seems to be exclusive to the polyamory community, and it's described as taking joy in your another person's joy. Because of the phase in our life in our 20s that we went through as best friends together, seeing each other now and how we have found our way and our people and our romantic person has just made us both so genuinely happy and proud of each other. And that's the place where our now bond has grown from. When Andrea and I stopped being friends in 2012, she was with the person that led to one of the darkest times in her life. I realized like my traumatic stuff, like in my 20s, like, like, you know, like when I was, when I broke up with oh my God, like, you and I weren't friends at this time, but Shanna, it was the most stressful time of my life. And I infamously was with a person who led to one of the darkest times in mine. You know, I'm really ready to meet that next person, but I still have some healing to do for what, what that did. Then when we reunited six years later, I was living with Jared and she was starting to date Felix, whom she married this past October. And her marriage is what inspired this episode. I told you we would get there. So Andrea invited me to her wedding, which would take place in London, England, where her lovely husband Felix is from. And I genuinely adore Felix. And while I could not attend the wedding, for months leading up to it, I was in my feels, reflecting and reminiscing and just feeling so, so like, I don't even know the word to describe it but I felt what it means to go through that time period together and then to see where she's at now. So I asked if she wanted to go through those feelings and memories with me. And that's basically what this episode is. Usually on Lovers and Friends, we explore a topic holistically and from an educational, actionable standpoint. But today we're just going to reflect and chat. And maybe that leads you to a personal aha. Maybe it leads you to call an old friend. Maybe it inspires a memory of a wild ass story of your own. Crazy dating story in my 20s. One time I was arguing over pizza. I got out the car and I ended up getting ran over by that car. I did bail someone out of jail once. I was talking to the girl that I knew from high school and she was talking about us having kids together and us having getting married. And then the next day she said that she wasn't ready for a relationship. And then two weeks later I see on social media that she's pregnant and getting married to another dude. And then like three months after that, she's getting a divorce and doesn't have the kid anymore. The second date I ever went on was with a Tinder match and I drove to the restaurant. He was 30 minutes late. I stayed because I was broke. It spent my last on gas and I literally could not afford to buy myself a meal. And when he finally showed up, the biggest gag was that he was bald and short and looked nothing like his pictures because they were all 10 years old. came over one night. I wasn't happy at all, so I broke up with him. And he stole all my dog's chew toys. He stole random keys. He stole the remotes to my TV. The guy I was with, we were supposed to meet up at a club, and he had my car. Pulled up later on with a girl and her friends. Later on down the line, come to find out, he was cheating on me with her and actually wanted to be in a polyamorous relationship. He wanted both of us. Yeah, I said no. And um, to this day, they're married and have kids. Or maybe none of the above happens. And instead, you just get to listen in on a reminiscent conversation between two women who found their joy in loving each other, even though there wasn't much else love going on at the time. Andrea Lewis is a Canadian actress and singer known for her role as Hazel in the long-running TV series Degrassi, The Next Generation. Today, Andrea is the founder of Jungle Wild Productions, where she created the hit web series Black Actress, written and starring Andrea Lewis, and the fan-favorite relationship drama Beyond Complicated. Both series can be watched at youtube.com slash Andrea Lewis channel. She's a director, a documentarian, a spokesperson for PCOS, and on a personal note, a new bride. I can't wait to take you all on this ride as Andrea and I relive what it was like before we found our partners. But before that, let's take a quick little break for this. Remember that song we had on Those Girls Are Wild that was about how we'll never not be single? Because I'm like, there's Sweet PC or Beautiful MacBook. (laughs) 
Yeah. And then we had If I Were a Boy. But I'm like, which of those songs was about like, hey, we're going to be single for literally the rest we of our lives. We used to joke around about it a lot. That's the thing is that's why I'm like, wow, what weird negative ways to talk about ourselves. That we would <laughs> always joke around that we were just too crazy to really meet anybody. But I think that was just based on the experience that we were having. Because in reality, like 21, 22, 23, just the experiences that I had with guys, I, I could not foresee just any of them turning into all of a sudden like a regular relationship. That felt insane. That was like, why would any of these guys now just like turn nice and now they're going to be kind to me? Right. You know what's so <laughs> crazy is, um, so Jared's brother works with us and yeah. he's 22, 23 years old right now. Yeah. And every story that he tells me about a girl who's trying to get him to commit I was like, why on God's green earth would anybody want to date you? Yeah, why? Like, what? <laughs> but you're like, you. Every story that you tell me, your lifestyle. <laughs> I like his hairline. Hmm, nice complexion. And you're like, why do you want that person? It doesn't make any sense. But think about how many times when we were young, we would literally map out, like, if this guy would just do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, his life would be great. Like, why Why do we think like that? I have no idea. But I think that's what you do when you're, like, little young girl mentality is you just think, oh, they just don't know that they need to be over here with me and I'll do the following things for them. And you want to basically act like their mother because I don't know why you want to take all those tasks on. Like, I don't want to be somebody's personal assistant. That's essentially what I was willing to set myself up to do. When yes. I was like, yes. Like quite literally. <laughs> <laughs> like, why would I want to make somebody's resume? Why would I even have the time in my mind? In I exchange think, to say, this is my boyfriend. My man, yeah. To say that I'm like with this guy. I think that's how, for some reason you're thinking that's what makes you a value. But now when I, Look back, it's funny because I was thinking about this earlier today that I'm like, if there was any advice that I would give my teenager in, into early 20s self is recognize that some of these guys are a bit of a manifestation of how you feel about yourself. Mm -hmm. The one piece of advice I wish I gave myself, if you're around people and you're nervous, don't be around that person. Bare minimum. If I am around you and I don't feel like I can make a joke, I don't yeah. feel like I can tell my story. I'm embarrassed about where I live. I don't want you to drop me off because you're going to see my parents have Christmas lights up. Like yeah. if that is my experience with you, we don't need to be together. Yeah, Because yeah. I put myself around so many people that I was shrunken around. And yeah. a part of that is my own self-confidence. But a big part of that is I wasn't around people who felt grateful to be around me. Yeah. I kept putting myself in those relationships where I was the one who felt indebted to the other person's time. I remember we went to that dinner in England with the person I was obsessed with for a long time. I and time. I remember because you had the best time. And I yes. had the worst time. Sorry. And then afterwards, they were like, I just love Andrea. Like, she's so funny. She's so cool. She's so vibrant. And I'm like, I am Andrea and Andrea is me. But I can't yeah. be Andrea around know. you. I'm this other version of myself that right I now. hate. So I get why you don't like them either. This but is how much we would change for a guy. Because I remember I'm like, I wore flats that day. You wore heels. And I remember you were like, wait, you were in flats? And I was like, I thought we were going shopping. I thought <laughs> and then we get to him and it was just like oh yeah you guys want to eat and I'm like yeah I'm starving and you were like I'm sorry I can't eat I'm not hungry at all and I'm like that was our experience with guys like I can think of so many guys that I used to talk to that I did not like like I didn't like their personality I yes. didn't actually like being around them. I didn't have you didn't any like fun. yourself around them. Yeah, like and but yet you somehow like prioritize them. Like if they called you at a certain time, you'd be like, "Okay, well, I got to go." And I honestly think it was just because you needed the story. I felt like that with like virginity. I remember when it felt like all of my friends were losing their virginity and then I was kind of like, "Oh, I guess I guess I should be too." Cuz I can remember I used to feel sometimes the guys that we were experiencing, it was like, well, Shannon doesn't have anybody that's nice to her. I don't have anybody that's nice to me. Yes. Melissa doesn't. So you're just doing it. You're this like, this is normal. But that's kind of, I think the interesting thing in your twenties is Fran said this thing to me where she's like, in my life, I was always thinking about a to-do list yeah. and on the to-do list in your twenties is to get a boyfriend. Like yeah. I want to be in a committed relationship. I want to be that person. I want somebody to claim me and I want to be um, represented in that way. 
But she's like, instead of having a to-do list, why aren't we focused on a to-feel list? I think that's probably the biggest difference is that I've seen, even for my friends that are single from 20s to 30s, is now they're a little more aware as to like, this isn't working for me or this is. And they're quicker to just cut it off to just be like, no, thank you. Even with like with Felix, when I first met him, I was like, I'm just hanging. Like, I just was like, I just want to have a fun time. I actually don't care about any kind of commitment. I just yes. want to have fun. And if it's stressful in any way, I was like, I actually am not that interested. And I was really specific on like, um, I wanted to have an element of safety that, that I felt genuinely safe around this person. I didn't want to feel like I was worried about something or interpreting what they were saying and taking it on or anything. I just wanted to be like, we're just having fun. And the more fun it is, then the more I'll just go with the flow. I'm like, I got too many other things in my life that cause me to be stressed or to think or to all these kind of things. When you're adding somebody in, I'm like, this gotta be fun. I'm sorry. This has, this has to be a good time. Like you, you, I'm actually letting you into my life. I don't actually need this. So please don't come in as trash. I don't need that. I don't need that at all. I think in life, people need stress. I think you need some level of stress. I think that's healthy. And I saw a lot of my friends inserting themselves into purposefully stressful connections and relationships. And I was like, okay, but I think it's making them interesting. You know, it gives them something to talk about. And Mm -hmm. I actually acknowledge that when I broke up with, um, Dr. Evil. (laughs) When I broke up with my ex, I was acknowledging to myself that like, a lot of the reason I stayed in that relationship is I feel like it made me interesting. Yeah. But then I was like, yeah, there's other interesting things about me. Yeah, like there, I got more going on. Yeah. yeah like there's actually, and this. if there isn't, that's a problem. So <laughs> yeah. that was a call to action for me of like, yeah, this is not going to be the area where people are going to be like, wow, what's the update? What's going on? And then now in my life, it's almost like, I feel like I don't get to talk about my relationship a lot because of the fact that it's so stable. Yeah. Um, but that's where other things in my life kind of become the forefront of it. So I think that there's something in your twenties that to your point, you want the story. Yeah. I, one of my girlfriends said this and I always think about it and she was like, I just told myself, this is not my love story. My love story is not that I met this guy and he stressed me out until he eventually became my man. How did you eventually get with him? Well, it was a lot of peer pressure and uh, (laughs) it was a lot of me driving him around, you know, taking him to his appointments, making sure he got in. Driving him to therapy. (laughs) That's actually a thing. When I broke up with my ex and I was still, I knew it was the best choice for me, but it was still painful to some degree. And I remember someone called me and said, I just want to let you know that they're with somebody else now. And then I was like, oh, okay. How do I feel about that? Mm -hmm. And then they said, furthermore, that person is taking them and their mom to these group therapy classes. And they've been all going to group therapy together. And then I got into my car and I bawled my eyes out, girl. I was like, oh my gosh, like somebody else is doing the work and they're going to get the best. And like all this pain that I went through, they're going to profit off of because now they're going to heal and become better. And then I like thought about it. I was like, I don't want to be driving them and their fucking mom Mom. to a therapy class. Like, no, hell no. no. I don't want to be doing that shit. Hell no, hell no. That's not my love story. How did you guys get here? Well, I had to force him, basically. You know, I forced him to grow up. I infiltrated so much of his life that he actually couldn't leave me at this point. So now this is why we're here. What? No. <laughs> what you said before about not talking about your relationship, that's actually when I know my friends are in a good relationship and I'm always really happy, is when I don't hear any more about the relationship. All right, so tell me a story in your 20s that perfectly describes dating in your 20s. My friend Melissa had come to visit me. She had gone out to some bar without me and met a guy, came back to see me, and then was like, I just met this guy. She's like, he actually wants me to come over right now. And this was maybe three o'clock in the morning. And I was like, okay, well, I can drive you. Maybe I'll go see the guy that I'm talking to. And we both talk about this all the time because she, we didn't know this person that she had met. She had just met him. I dropped her off at his house. It was dark on the street. And I was like, all right, text me when you're done. I'm just going go to go <laughs> do my own thing. I went to see a guy at three o'clock in the morning, like as if it was absolutely nothing because he was just coming out of the studio and it was completely normal for him to have those hours. And in my twenties, I would try to maintain those hours 
for these guys and thought nothing of it. But my memories of it, I was having the most fun. Like you could not have convinced me that it was bad. Like I was like, this is, this is actually like a really good time. Like I'm going to go to his house. We're going to smoke some weed, probably going to watch a show. I'm going to have sex with him. And then I'm going to go pick up my friend and we're going to go home. <laughs> like, and I thought <laughs> this is perfect. This is, I am free and liberated. And now when I look back, I'm like, ew. <laughs> I think your friends are what make it fun. Like so much of what bonded you and I together is at that time you had, I had Johnny and you had Kurt yeah, and, and they, they were, were two villains cut <laughs> from the exact same Saturday morning cartoon cloth. Um, and that's and, the thing I think in your twenties too, some of your more traumatic experiences, I actually don't think you share with your friends, not for real, especially if you feel like you put yourself in the scenario, you did the thing yourself, like all of those, you're like, you don't, you don't retell it. And that's where I'm like, there's really good stories. And then there's also like really, really not so good things that happen. Because you have this times that it's so, so dangerous and then it works out. And then that's the funny, crazy part you look back on. And then we definitely had the nights where it was so, so dangerous and it didn't work out. And then those are the ones that you just don't tell or tell in a different way. Yeah. Do you think there is a world where dating in your twenties could be better or different? Or do we all have to go through this ridiculous decade before we can find something stable, solid and real in our thirties? Um, I think you can, I think your twenties in general is like truly for growth. It's like a rough time, no matter what's happening. You could be very successful. You could be not successful at all. And I, I think every person is going through like a lot of ups and downs. And so I think in order to have very, a good, positive, healthy dating experience, you'd have to have a lot of self-awareness and a lot of like emotional maturity. That's the thing. I think like it's, there's so much you have to do before your 20s to make your 20s healthy. And I think like, yeah, going back to that to-do versus to-feel list, like on the to-do list was to get a boyfriend. It was it never occurred to me that it should be a to-feel list. Like, I want to feel cool. I want to feel pretty. I want to feel excited to see you. I want to feel like I'm my best version around you. And that was a big shift for me too with dating where my list of what I wanted in a partner stopped being about the external things that they had and more about the internal feelings I would have when I was in the presence of that person. Yeah. And I feel like all my to-feel lists are checked off with Jared. Like, and they were from the beginning. And just like you with Felix, I was super prioritized even having awkward conversations because I never wanted to feel crazy or secondary or preoccupied. So I yeah. remember early on, Jared was working a lot and maybe like this, like a month into us, you know, kind of dating and messing around. And he was like, Hey, I'm off today. Do you want to hang out? And then in the morning I was like, yeah, for sure. And then hours passed and he had messaged me like, okay, I just woke up from a nap. Like, what are you doing later? And then I would respond and it would be hours later. All right. Uh, my friend just left. So what do you want right now? And then I called him. I was like, no, okay, no, yeah, no, no, <laughs> this is not going to happen. No. If you want to hang out, you do not text me unless you can finish the conversation from start to finish. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm fine not hearing from you. Don't yeah. even bother. If you know you're about to take a nap, that is not the time to text me. What are you going to do today? Yeah, yeah. You can feel your eyes getting heavy. Like, I'm okay. I would rather not communicate with you than communicate in this fashion. Oh, 100%. But I think that's, that's gross that you can't rush. That gets yeah. you to that place of being able to communicate effectively essentially. Right. Because I think in your early twenties, you take stuff like that. So personal, instead of just thinking, I don't know why he's doing this. However, this is not how I communicate. So I'm just going to have to explain myself clearly. If that offends him and he doesn't want to do this, cool. We could just move on because either way, I'm not going to play this game with you. I remember the story of uh, dating Jermaine and giving him my snow brush. And I think that's like the perfect <gasps> analogy for this. my twenties yeah. because it was the snowiest winter ever in Canada. Yeah. I can, I can remember the snowy bit. What happened in the end? He, he didn't give you back the snow brush or he took it. More or less. Pissed. He, I gave him my snow brush and he said, don't you need this? And I said, no, no, I have another one. Did not have another one. And then he ghosted me for a period of time. And then he finally called me and said, I want to go to the movies. Do you want to go? And I was like desperate to see him. So I'm like, yes. And it was a snowstorm, a legitimate snowstorm. So I told my mom I wanted to go. And she was like, you are literally insane. I feel concerned for your well-being. Like she really had this conversation with me. Like there's a snowstorm outside. Wow. Like you're going to drive to go see this guy. And then she's like, why, doesn't, yeah. why can't he come? Where's his car? And I was like, he doesn't have a car. 
Girl, he did. Oh, wow. It's, I get wow. to his house and he was like, oh, I'll just, he just came straight to the car, was like, drive to the movies. And so we drove to the movies and then we watched it and then we left and he was like, you know what? I'll go and um, pull up the car because it was like snowstorming outside still. So I'm like, okay, cool. So he goes to get the car and then he was gone for a long time. And I was just standing there like in between the doors, like, what do I do? And of course I'm wearing a jacket that's so inappropriate. Like I'm wearing a leather jacket. Yeah. It was, yeah. Not and heels. Clothes. Like, yeah. You're wearing yeah. shorts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing the most inappropriate outfit. Standing there like, do I go outside? Like, what should I do? This is really awkward. So I'm like, fuck it, I'll go outside. So I go outside and immediately I see my trunk wide open. And then I see him brushing the snow off with his hand, looking so frustrated. And I got back to the car and he was like, you don't have a snow brush, do you? And I was like, no. And then we drove back in silence. So we got to his house and he went to his car and he handed me my snow brush. Gave it to you. Yeah. And I, I never saw him again. But that... <laughs> That's dating in your 20s. And that's the thing. Everybody I knew when I moved to L.A., every person I knew, whether they were in Toronto, if they were in L.A., if it was my friends in New York, they had stories like this. Like nobody, nobody was somewhere like off in fairyland. Their stories were insane. <laughs> I take responsibility for how crazy it must have been to date me because I would be a pushover. I would accelerate the intimacy when it didn't make sense. I would bend over backwards. I would do anything for you. I would be obsessive about you. And then you would do something and then I would completely switch and become ice cold, erratic, mean, and crazy. So it was this, I always talk about this, how I used to view myself as someone who's securely attached. And when I reflect back on my experiences in my twenties, I was actually anxious and avoidant at extremes. So I was either really clingy and really like, please love me, please love me. Or like, I fucking hate you. You're a shit bag. All my friends hate you. Everybody else hates you. You're never going to be anything. Like it was one or two modes that I was yo-yoing between. And then I think the person also knew that if they just weathered that storm, they would get back to that clingy, desperate to please version of myself. It's not easy. This is not an easy time at all. Okay. Let me just ask in closing, how did you know your life partner was your life partner? When did you know? He was the only person I'd ever dated who I would think all the time, I hope we get married and not based on him, just me wanting to be chosen, but just because I was happy in the moment and just, just very grateful. Like, and when we started dating too, he used to always say, he still does, we have a good life together. And that gratitude used to really make me feel good. And I used to feel like it honestly manifested within our relationship a lot. And it was like truly for the first time, not based in because I wanted to prove my worth, because I wanted this person to uh, choose me and um, and then, and then, yeah, with him, I never felt like that. I felt like, no, this is a person that I know I'd have a good life with because we have a good life together yes. in every scenario. I actually don't hear about Felix so much from you that I wonder if you guys have broken up. <laughs> That's how good the relationship is. This interview was so much fun. Genuinely, Andrea, I had a blast chatting with you, as I always do, and as we probably all always do when we talk to good friends about the good old days. I mean, good with an asterisk. We talk about days that have occurred, and now it's a new day. Anyway, so if you want more of Andrea, make sure to follow her on Instagram at Andrea Lewis. And also, when you are done listening to this podcast, go right over to Andrea Lewis's YouTube channel. You can find that by looking up Andrea Lewis or Andrea Lewis channel in your search bar, and then watch Black actress and beyond complicated. Also her beauty documentary on the influence of black beauty comes out this fall. So we might just have to have Andrea back in the fall. Okay. Let's keep this train going. Next stop, the male currently in their twenties perspective. So we're nearly 20 episodes into the lovers and friends season. And by now, you know, the third segment is reserved for people in my own circle and again, the purpose of this segment is to inspire you to have dialogues and reflections in your own circle. So you have met most of my lovers and friends, like my husband, Jared, and my sister, Lauren, and my parents, and my sister's husband, Chris. But there is one voice that you have yet to hear yet. Somebody that I spend nearly every single day with. He looks after my child. He helps run our business. And he tells me the 
craziest dating stories every single Monday. Now, I want to be clear, as I said off the top, this episode is unique in that I'm here to listen and to share the experiences of the individuals who took part, not to try to shape or educate or provide a sociological snapshot of what dating in your 20s is like for everyone. Now, on a future episode, this is a very big sentence for me, Dr. Helen Fisher, a mentor of mine, not a personal mentor, but somebody that I've always looked up to, um, is going to be coming on as a guest to give a more statistical snapshot of dating in your 20s. So if you keep that in mind, I do think you can find good jump off points for meaningful discussions with your own lovers and friends based on the brutal honesty that my brother-in-law and his roommate share. So woosah and get yourself a glass of wine and let's get into it right after this. So I had you guys listen to that audio because I feel like my experiences were the exact opposite of everything that Craig says about his experiences. And then through that, I know some of your stories too. I guess we'll find out which ones you know. (laughs) (laughs) So sum it up for me. What is dating in your 20s like? We uh, would come home from the club after, you know, getting at whatever we were doing. And then we'll have a group obviously come back with us. And sometimes we'll have like a little pre-turn up. And is that I, a different group pre-turn up to post-turn up? Sometimes, it, or it'll be the same people and then just more add-ons. So um, we'll have a little pre-turn up. And then sometimes just even with the pre-turn up group, we'll just, our pre-turn up girls a little freaky. You know what I'm saying? So we might have some action bust off right there in a little pre-turn up. And then we're going to turn up at the, the club, night. come back. You might have hit another one right there. Boom. So you feel me? It's like, and then sometimes, like, I feel like him and and Omi and all of them, they just be telling it up some nights. Like, how many you can get tonight? And I be like, how many times you get it up tonight, bro? Like, damn, bro. I be like, I got stamina, but these is crazy some nights. Like, it's that kangaroo pill. So it's just like, it's a two for one night sometimes. So I had the uh, Beyonce song Resentment as my song for my dating in my 20s. I would love to hear what the song is that you're like, oh yeah, this perfectly describes dating in my 20s. Rockstar chain. Rockstar chains. How's that go? Made it out the trenches, I can't never plead guilty. Crushed her heart when she found out I crushed a friend. Played it smart, cause either way I gotta win. He probably doesn't want me to tell this story because it might cause some conflict, yeah, but yeah. it's literally so funny. Like, I can't. So, we're at. <laughs> so, he's with this girl that he was talking about dating, right? And they did all this together. And then I go out, I'm at the club with a few homies, and um, we're out there, and I see his girl. And I'm like, oh, like, I see you. And then, um, just like the whole time while we're at the club, I'm doing my thing and they're doing their thing. But her friends the whole time are just like mad dogging me. Like eventually they came up to us or whatever. And her friend is talking about, um, why are you looking at us? It doesn't matter, this and that. They're not together anymore. I was like, oh, is that right? That's why I saw her at my house the other day, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you be confusing me. Like I never know if they're together or not together. That was that's all like but, kind of a it was a you know, it kind of came and went. I think. <laughs> I I don't you're know. fixing your pants now. It's um, it's uh, it's an interesting story yeah, yeah, for yeah, a yeah, different like, day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw you, Craig, go through something similar. You weren't. I think it was like your late teens, early twenties. I don't know if that girl crossed over to your twenties, but you went through that on and off and this sort of toxic relationship with like the mad passion that went with it, mm. and then you break free whenever it's time for you to break free. My friends call uh, label her as the one that messed me up. Do you think that's actually, that's a true thing? Um, Like you think that you were, let me just ask the question, okay? I feel like in the audio that you listened to, mm. we were talking about dating guys like you. True or false? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, try to make me look bad, but. I'm not trying to make you look bad. It's a fact of life. What I appreciate though about you, Cray, is that you're, I know you to be upfront. Mm-hmm. And I know you to be clear with with people. So that in itself, I think is a progression of like, but I also just, that's, I can view if I was to your point, overthinking things and investing more than the other person was giving back and looking for cues that they meant something different rather than taking what they say at face value, that I would have a terrible time dating you. 
for real? Yeah. Yeah. Your lifestyle is <laughs> fucking crazy. What are you talking Freaking about? Fun. You said you wanted what? To make your, I don't know, you're trying to be a little bit more interesting or oh. something like that? In my 20s? Yeah. I mean, I think I wish, to be honest with you, I wish I met the people. And you said you need a little bit of stress in your life. No, you like, don't. I bring a little You good, heard what I you feel needed like I bring to hear? Good stress. <laughs> this is a classic <laughs> example. <laughs> I feel like I bring good stress. <laughs> I think that there's other ways. I would say now in my relationship, it's the least stressful part of my life. But there's other ways that you can create stress or create drama that are not centered around something that it should be a place of peace. I was going to say that uh, dating in your 20s right now, almost like whoever cares less wins. What do you win? I don't know. It's just like you win that person's attention. You want them always on that string, like just like, you know, it's like fishing. You just let it, let, let loose a little bit and then bring them back in, like let loose, like, cause it gives them, it gives that person like that eagerness, like, okay, when they do reply, it's like, now you want to reply right away, but you're like, oh wait, don't let me do that. Cause then I look like, you know, I'm hungry for it or thirsty. And like, I mean, I guess this is where you would call me messed up, but I was in a relationship when like, like my very first, first relationships. And there was a girl, I felt like I was just always trying to get her attention, always trying to, trying to get her to talk to me and just like, I don't know. And then eventually she was my girlfriend, but she still wasn't giving me, I felt like the time that I wanted with her and that I deserved from her. And so like, after we had broke up, I just like hated that feeling I had when I, when I was with her. And so I was just like, I'm never going to have that feeling again when I'm with someone. Like they're always going to like want my time and always trying to get to me. And so I guess sometimes I could be wrong. I, I don't do it intentionally now. It's just kind of how I've been. So it's what I do now. I can, I can appreciate that, that you went through a period of time where you felt those feelings like anxiousness and desperation to some degree, or you want someone's attention, like you're pining for something that you're not getting. Mm -hmm. And then you create a set of behaviors that allow you to not feel that way again. But then you also don't actually get to feel the other positive side too. It's like the connection. Yeah. And cause I was going to say too, that like game of push and pull, it's cool. But then you also pull out the crazy in people. I just finished the book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. And I just listened to the audiobook, you know, when I'm working or when I'm working out. And on the last chapter, it talked about the author was talking about how he had traveled the world like at a young age, you know, he had gotten with a lot of women and done a lot of things in his life. He was saying how much more fulfilled he uh, felt in a, like, you know, committing to things. Cause uh, kind of just like the point you said, like you don't get to feel those emotions when you're playing that push and pull game. Would you be like, yeah, dating in my twenties was a joyful, cool time. Yeah, yeah. Certain things about it are definitely fun um, and joyful, but a lot of it, it's almost like you don't even necessarily call it dating. Cause a lot of times you're not there to like go like meet a person. You're just there to be there, like be out. You know, you never know who you're going to meet, which is like one of the fun parts about it. I always tell everyone like, I guess you can call it dating, but uh, when you're dating, um, remember like the first day of school, how exciting everything was and knew it fell. I always explain everything like this because there's a lot of things that feel like this. Like when you get a new house, a new apartment, um, it feels like that. Like, you know, you don't know what the heck to expect when you go out and you meet somebody new and like you're getting to know them. So I don't know. I find it super interesting. Uh, a lot of times. You know, it's not what you think it's going to be. Everyone, I think, likes to romanticize and, like, fantasize the best case scenario and everything. Um, my experiences never end up that way. Uh, I think that's why a lot of people just continue to talk to their exes because they're comfortable, you know. I mean, so, like, the new people— But it's still fun. They yeah, provide to give yourself a pass. <laughs> I knew you were going to feel a way about what he just Dang said. It. That's why some people— Feel comfortable having their right? ex come over on Tuesdays <laughs> to watch Tuesday. your favorite TV show. Yeah, exactly. nothing is wrong with that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're in a routine, um, <laughs> but we can't yeah. miss this episode. <laughs> right. Overall, I think it is joyful. Yeah, because I think about it like when I think back dating in my twenties, there's a lot I would do differently, and I would have chosen totally different people. But I think that if I was going to stay with the people that I was picking, I wish that my mindset was a lot more casual and experiential like yours, your guys is. I feel like guys have more fun experiences dating because we're looking more as a casual thing. And I feel like more girls, not all girls, but most girls I feel like are looking long-term. And, and I feel like that's kind of where like it gets separate. 
it's more difficult to find a partner in your 20s who is on a long-term mindset. It's possible, but you have to weed them out more, which is why I said in that clip that I'm like, it blows my mind that anybody is trying to date Cray. Because what it blows my mind. Yeah, you be trying to do me, dog. <laughs> yeah. Anytime that you tell me a story about somebody who's like trying to further the intimacy with you or trying to like get a commitment out of you, I'm like, what about this guy's lifestyle or anything because about him? Because when we are together, we do have a good time. You, you feel me? Like, I don't, I don't know. It's I the don't looks. Feel okay, good looking guy. Look, That's really look, what it comes look, down look, to. Look, That's why I said when they're with me, the beard connects. Yeah, That's right, pretty much it. Connects. No, no. When they're with me, they just have a good time and. I'm able to do what I can do, but when they leave, they're just able to like sink back into that realization of like, well. That's also a part just, of the experience of being with somebody though, is what I would say is that like, yes, it's nice to have fun when you're around somebody, but if I leave you and you stress me out or you make me feel like less or my self-esteem is diminished because I'm like always on the fritz with you and I can't have, I can't have you when I need someone after I had a stressful day and you're not there as like a, intimate partner who's providing stability or anything more than a good time in the moment, I would never try to create a committed relationship with you. So that's what I mean when I say that. It's because it's like you were saying in your thing, it's they like the guy that I am and how they are when they're with me. But they're just like, if I could just get him to do this, if I could just get him to do this, if I could change this about him, he would be like what I need him to be. And that's also where I run into a lot of issues with the girls and kind of why I get annoyed is because they're trying to change me and trying to push me into something that I'm not. And that's really where we come into that road bump a lot of times in my relationships. Do you have to decide for yourself that you want a different experience or do you meet somebody who inspires you to say, okay, I want to make adjustments in my lifestyle, in my value system, how I hang out with my friends. Because this is the thing too, it's about a trend, right? Mm. Everything in your life is trending for you to live the life you live right now. You guys, there's three dudes who live together. It would be very difficult, I assume, to be in a monogamous, committed relationship based on the lifestyle you guys have Mm -hmm. and who you meet, who you're friends with. So, so much would have to change in order for you to be in a space where you're like, now I can be in a committed relationship. So are you expecting that one person to come in and make you want to make all those changes? Or do you have to mentally say, I'm going to make some changes. And then the person comes like, okay, cool. You actually fit my new life. She would probably have to come and then I would probably start making a little bit of changes. So does that mean that you just haven't met the right person yet? Yeah, I guess so. Because honestly, like the longest I feel like I can talk to a girl right now is like five months. And then like, I kind of like, honestly, like this, like, too much after that. It's like, it's hard for them to take me away from how we've been doing things and how I've been doing things. So, and I guess I'm used to how I've been living my life. So it's just like someone coming in and like completely changing up my flow and taking me out of that. It's just kind of hard to do, you know? Lauren and me often make this joke because... Like whenever I have you on my content, people are like, why aren't you helping Cray change? And why aren't you this? Why aren't you giving him more lessons and scaffolding? It's like beating a dead horse. Well, <laughs> and Lauren always says, she's like, it's so hard because in essence, we should take dating advice from Cray. He gets so many Christmas gifts. He's always got new stuff, new gear that he's got. And true. yeah, he's never had a shortage of people to call on for the time that he's looking for. Um, I think there'll come a time where you like want to give or there'll be somebody that you feel and you are now in this other space. I think you need another shift before you see the benefits of that. But right now it's very difficult for me to make an argument that you're doing anything wrong because in essence, you get everything you want. Not everything, but... What are you not getting that you want out of dating in your 20s? And Matt, this question is for you too. I kind of find this to be a a little bit of a difficult question to uh, answer as well, but... Uh, in my relationships, I mean, I would just say relationship, to be honest. Uh, and I'll be honest with my ex. Um, I find sometimes I'm not heard. I feel a little disrespected that way. And I always go back to the same thing. Uh, I think women need love and men need respect. And we can go on and on about that, but that's just what I don't get that I feel like I want more of. And I mean, it's not that like I'm getting completely disrespected. It's actually been a lot better recently now that we have like had a little space, which is awesome. I feel like I would be kind of like Rome, you know how Rome be? Um, how he was like, I know it's not necessarily right, but if I could have it this way, 
I would have it to where, you feel me? I could do my thing, but my partner has to be loyal to me only. But I can still do my thing, you know? That's the one thing that you're not that getting. That is what I would want. And that's what I'm not getting. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know anybody that can, you feel me, just treat me right, stay loyal to me. And just let me do my thing when I want to do my thing. I will say, because I didn't want to do this as like a lecture thing, because like I said, everyone's got their own experience. But I find what people often make the mistake of doing in their 20s is they are waiting to meet the person, but they're not practicing the habits necessary to maintain a relationship with that person. So, so it's like me being say. like, I'm gonna, I want to be in the NBA. And then I never play basketball. And then I get an opportunity to be in the tryouts. And I wonder why I don't make it. Yeah. So you're not putting yourself in a position to be long-term partner material, to learn the habits necessary for that. And you're just hoping you're going to meet the right person and we'll all click into place. It just very rarely happens that way. Um, so sometimes practicing being the kind of person you want to be to your long-term partner with every person will give you more success in the future. All right. Can I give you a PSA moment? You're 40 years old and you're now talking to women in their 20s. What would you want to tell them? Don't take bro so serious and do your own thing while you guys are in the talking stage because he's most likely. This is the brutally honest uh, answer, but I would just say men want nine times out of 10, one thing. Unfortunately, that's just how it is at this age. And, you know, it sucks. But um, I think if you just kind of like, you know, hold off and, you know, just get to know each other, you know, uh, stand your ground. That would be the best case scenario for you in the long run. Try to stand your ground if you can, girl. But would you kind of say the opposite, though? Because at the end of the day, there's joy in what you're experiencing. And so I would think you guys aren't having sex with each other. You're having sex with women. So do you think that they're having joy in return? Yeah. Why would they keep coming back? Like, they literally just, I guess, like to be around, like, that guy that they like at that time. But that just essentially means that sex is not the way to make an attachment to you. It can get more intimate, though, like, if I have, I guess, more intimate moments with you when I'm not having sex. Having, like, good conversations, I guess. Yeah. That, ooh, I can't wait till I find you. just got me excited. Um, I, want, I can't wait to find really that girl banging. who just, like, you know, like— <laughs> I mean, not the, anyways, <laughs> just in case whoever watches this. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, no, but when I find that girl, like just like he someone said, you I just have that, that conversation girl. with. I don't know why. Like conversation is so attractive to me when you can like just go layer by layer and just keep peeling them back and like it never gets old. I don't know why. That just fantasized my bad. I just don't know who's more dangerous, you or Cray. Because you see, I know you're the same as Cray. No, I'm not. All right. Cray is... Like you said earlier, I totally agree with you. He is brutally honest. And I literally, I admire that about him. I'm the nice guy who just kind of gets walked all over kind of like not terribly, but um, like, you know, like I'm just too easy going, way too easy going. So like, that's why yeah, I'm still yes. in like mixed with my ex. Like if it were my choice, I wouldn't be because I know where that leads. I'm a smart guy I, in my opinion. I'll and I am um, cold hard truth. He don't be listening to me though. But I feel like you guys have the <laughs> exact too same lifestyle. Sometimes. So I feel like I would talk to you and have an impression of my experience with you based on our dialogue. That would be very different than the lifestyle I know you lead. But I talked to Cray and I know exactly what I'm getting. <laughs> So yeah, that's yeah, why yeah, I'm yeah. like, maybe Matt's the more dangerous one. Uh, I don't know. He's not I dangerous don't think on so. the side. He's not dangerous. Actually, I mean, that's don't get me wrong. Same. <laughs> Thank you so much to everyone who took part on this episode. First and foremost, to Andrea Lewis, who you can find on Instagram at Andrea Lewis. Stay up to date with her projects. Again, look out for her documentary coming out this fall about the influence of Black beauty influencers in the beauty sphere. Um, furthermore, shout out to Cray and to his roommate for coming through and being very raw and very honest. I did a YouTube video with Cray um, that was called Interview with a Fuckboy on my YouTube channel a few months ago. And in the comment section, a lot of people were displeased with me for listening and reacting rather than educating and steering or informing of a different perspective. But that wasn't the purpose of what I was trying to provide. What I was trying to provide is what I often get um, from having these kinds of dialogue, which is internal ahas, because it is very, I found it very therapeutic for my 20-year-old self to listen to these perspectives and stories and say to myself, 
This was what was really going on in the minds, more than likely, of the people that you were dating. You were trying to create all these backstories and all these reasons and excuses for them, but it, as, as you saw it, is genuinely as it was. And I felt if I tried to steer and guide, the person wouldn't feel as compelled or as comfortable to share things as they genuinely are. That to be said, I really enjoyed this episode. And like I said, it was a little bit different, but I was actually at a wedding for my manager, Adam Krasner, a couple months ago. And somebody was saying that what I really love about podcasts is I love just hearing people's stories. I just love getting an inside peek into people's lives as I'm living my life and washing my dishes and doing my errands. Just, you know, in those little moments that you get of laughter in the lineup as you're trying to get your license renewed, like those are the moments that make me keep coming back. And I was like, my podcast can provide that. Maybe it provides more thought, but I enjoy the episodes like this that are a little bit more unhinged and a little more directionless. And I would love to hear how you feel about them. Because again, this podcast is about my lovers and friends and y'all are my number one lovers and friends around these parts. So leave your reflections. You know, obviously you can DM me. Um, you can find me in the comment section, but to rate and review, uh, that's also a really great place to to steer me in the right path to say, this is what I want to see more of. These are the kind of episodes I'd like to see sprinkled in here throughout. We had the other episode, which was called um, Naked Barbies and Humping Pillows, which was also a very different episode from our traditional format and our traditional goal. And if you like these kind of off the cuff ones, let me know. And if you're like, let's just stick to the format, you can also let me know that uh, we're in constant dialogue together. And it's been an extreme joy for me. Also, I'm just reminding you once again, as I usually do, to please rate and review the podcast. Quick pregnancy update. I am week 15 into my second trimester, feeling good. Feeling good for a sizable percentage of the day. I still will have some sickness, some nausea, some stomach issues, but it, it's like limited now. You know how when you hear about pregnancy, you hear about morning sickness. So it's a time of day, not all the fucking time. I'm in that phase now where I might have afternoon sickness or evening sickness or post-lunch or pre-breakfast sickness, but it goes away and it's incredible. I'm feeling amazing. I uh, know what the sex of the baby is now and it just makes everything so much more real. Also being able to reflect here with this specific community has also made it feel so much more real. So shout out to all of you for continuing to be on this journey with me. It means a lot. That overall, you know, this lovers and friends journey is my shit. You know it. Talk to you next week. Lovers and friends. Lovers and friends. I'ma take you on a trip, baby. I don't pretend. I said, lovers and friends. Uh, I'ma hold you down, down to the end. I said, lovers and friends. Uh, lovers and friends. And I said, lovers and friends. Uh, I'ma hold you down, down to the end. I said.